Unlearning Labels is about talking the walk of I see you, I hear you, and I value you. Our mission is to offer solutions and to provide a safe space for conversations that impact organizations. In this way, companies can better understand their challenges, gain clarity and raise awareness, both at an organizational and individual level. Contact us to start taking actionable steps on the topics of diversity, equity and inclusion and for one-to-one executive coaching. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to our special episode for May Mental Health Awareness Month. And, you know, today we just want to talk about uh, what addressing mental health in the global workplace looks like. Um, It's a label that many organizations and employees individually will shy away from. And, you know, even sometimes employees, they feel... uh, I want to say some fear surrounding their job security just by admitting that they have questions about their mental health. So, um, you know, Mira, what what are your, first of all, let's, you know, I like to start with definitions. So like, how would you define um, mental health? Well, yeah, well, there's this medical uh, definition of mental well-being uh, where, you know, it's it's not just a, it's not just a, our mental and, and our mental and processing and feelings, but it's also uh, our physical, our social, our surrounding, that everything is in in some kind of, let's say, harmony. But uh, but when it comes to uh, mental health, I would define it as our ability to heal, our ability, like the physical health. When we are in good health, we can get sick and heal. We can get injured and heal. We can we can uh, so the, the normal functioning of our body. And so the same thing I would then apply to, I think it's useful to apply that to mental health, is the, the ability of our mind to heal. And so I think where, where it goes wrong is where it doesn't have the capacity to heal uh, in, a, in, a regular, in a regular way or what would we say? I wouldn't call it normal way, but you know, you hit some hard emotions, you hit stress, you had, you hit loss, but then you heal afterwards. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's how I would see it now after everything that I've learned. <laughs> that's really interesting because I would have never gone to that. You know, the healing part of the of the brain, you know, or mental wellness. I. I I don't, and and I and I don't think I'm strange in that. I'm pretty sure many people <laughs> don't think of like you know like yeah the body can heal, but you know the mind. No, you're just crazy, right? So I mean, w- <laughs> yeah, you just get stuck over there with those emotions, and I think it's because we don't see it as something that it's normal and something that can go in ebb and flow. Uh, we 
yeah, it puts more stress on, on us, yeah. You, you, do you have any, any different ideas, Peter, or any different perspective? No, I agree with what you both said. I mean, for me, yeah, it, it's, it's another label, right? Mental health. Mm. And I totally agree with what you said, Cordelia, that for many people, even me in the past, it, it had the connotation of something negative, something's wrong with you, mm. with me, with, with people I work with, etc. And uh, the way I look at it now is a more positive thing what you were pointing to, that I see mental health as an innate thing. Um, when we don't see it, we're looking to fix ourselves or fix other people or we think we're broken, etc. But when we're in good health, you know, when we're in a place of clarity, when, you know, when we're high-performing and we're doing our best work and we're being supportive, we feel safe and trusted, then we actually draw on our own resilience. You know, we, we actually... I don't know if you thought about it this bit. We don't really need to second guess or think about it because we're actually in good health when we're in that space, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's only when we think we're not okay that we start to compound the issue by trying to fix it or look for something outside of ourselves that makes sense. Because, I mean, we were talking, uh, we did the workshop earlier today, right? Mm -hmm. And I was saying that, you know, I totally get it. When, when you feel not in a good place when your mental health seems to be missing or you feel in a low state it almost feels like you're the only one on the planet you know it feels very isolating and quite often i know it did for me in the past it doesn't make sense to share that with the world you know because you feel embarrassed you feel uncomfortable so therefore you you tend to suffer more mm. and, and what i want to say out loud is that you know it's it's great that i see more just normal human you know open loving conversations about how it's okay not to feel okay sometimes and you could just say it out loud to a colleague without feeling the stigma of they must think i'm fucking crazy sorry pardon my french <laughs> you're going to beep that one beep. <laughs> this yeah. is a pg podcast what's up man <laughs> and it's usually pg that ends up doing the swearing sorry about that yeah <laughs> but, but you know what i mean it's like in the past, I know, because I can think of workplaces, you know, like 10 years ago, where I was definitely not in a great space mentally. I was burning the candles at both ends as a musician and, you know, doing gigs and stuff in my spare time and coming into work and really not, you know, full full batteries. And then, you know, feeling com uncomfortable. How can I really say that? Especially not to my boss or even my team, well, right? You know, I, I don't know, Peter. You know, I... I Let's just back up for a minute, because on one level, I'm hearing like all these, you know, like uh, our commercials are one thing, right? The mm. public service announcement is it's OK to be, you know, to say yeah. you're not OK. Mm -hmm. And then people are like complaining because they're like, I said I wasn't OK. Mm. And now, you know, I have a pip. Right. And that's a problem. Right. Because it's like now they're questioning like to your point earlier, you were talking about when you doubt your ability to make decisions at work, then yeah, your managers, your, you know, upper management starts looking, they're like, you know, I don't know, this person's come in three days this week or, you know, zooming in three days this week and, you know, they're showing up half cocked to these meetings. I don't know if we can still trust Peter, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And so um, is it really okay to say that you're not okay at work? Like truly? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think it, it, it's getting easier. There's no silver bullet for people listening, right? And I'll be totally honest about that. And it, and it's the way that you 
share that and communicate that with people as well. And we all have a responsibility to 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 land the plane, so to speak. And so, for example, I can think of situations where had I just blurbed something out without really reflecting on it, I probably would have got myself into trouble. And then no surprise, probably made my mental health much worse because I would have put myself under more stress instantly. Oh, oh no, why did I say that out loud? Oh my God, now I'm going to be judged and all of that stuff. But if you do it in such a way that, look, you know, I've had a bit of a tough week. There's some stuff going on outside of work. If I'm honest, I should have had more self-care, you know, so I should have got more sleep. Sleep's been a bit erratic. I'm feeling a bit tired, but don't worry. I've got your back. I'm still being a good employee. I'm being here. I'm showing up, but I'm just making you aware of that. Mm. That's a different So you're assuming, Peter, that most adults are going to speak like adults. And that's <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> not going to happen. No, no, of course. But and I'm, you know, yeah. the other thing you're making me think of, like, as I'm listening to you, I hate to cut you off, but I got to ask Mira, mm. as a woman, mm. if you said what Peter just said at work, tell me, like, for real, like what really happens? I did actually. I did actually, okay. but I worked in hospitals, so maybe that's why it's a little oh. bit different. Uh, I actually, okay. I was struggling. I was, uh, I felt really low, and I felt uh, felt depressed. My dad passed away maybe a year before that, and some other stuff was going on. And and I went to a a, a doctor, a colleague. And uh, went to his office and I said, I I'm not well, I'm not feeling well. And uh, he was neurologist. Maybe that's why he took it differently. Okay, you're just <laughs> like the wrong woman to talk to. Let me tell you what really happens to us. Go on. <laughs> No, but it no, was interesting, you know, but it, what was interesting, though, is that I still had the same feeling of fear of saying this to somebody. He was a managing director as well. I mean, it's not just that he was just a colleague. He was somebody who was in charge of work there. And um, but uh, th there was th this fear from my side that I'm going to that I'm going to say it and now I will be looked in a certain way. And when I actually did it and, and felt supported in terms of, you know, let's get yourself some help. But, you know, it didn't, they, my work didn't change. I still had clients. He actually sent me his mom as, as a patient. So it's, um, but this is why I think it's really important that we talk about it, that managers and, and supervisors at work see this as part of human uh, life part of human being that sometimes we all all of us are feeling low are are hitting some kind of barrier but that doesn't mean that we are incompetent of doing our job the only thing we need is a little bit of support i could still do my job if they thought that i couldn't they would put me on a certain uh you know, less less patience, less this, less that, go on sabbatical, blah, blah, blah. That would make me feel even worse. But when you have a support, then you see, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling well, but I'm still, I'm still, you know, regarded as a good employee. Then I, I still can do my job, even though I'm not feeling 100% well, because at work, I feel good. I feel valued. I feel, 
as, as part of this unit, I feel safe and I actually want to come to work and I want to do my work as best as I can. So I, I think that's the important, like that's from my side. I did have a good experience when it comes to that, but, but I, I was still scared to do it. And I can, like, let's hear your story. Let's hear what, what well, happened. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to give my story because first of all, I, I haven't been in corporate in like, close to 20 years, but I mm. can tell about a client of mm -hmm, mine, right? Mm -hmm. So like she was actually concerned, you know, she's like, I don't know if I can say this to my director. And I said, you know what? Just say it. What's the worst thing that can happen, right? And so, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on with her family and she just told them, you know, you know, for my own health and for my own mental health, you know, um, I have been picking up the slack for some of the staff, but now I'm just going to do my job, you know? So she's like, um, the manager over her, she actually works in healthcare too. And so they were like, oh my God, why didn't you tell us? Definitely, you know, whatever you need, mm. you know? And, and so I guess I was a little bit joking earlier, but the, this is a thing like women will not speak up for mm -hmm. what's going on with them because they, I think a little bit project that I'm supposed to be the caretaker. I'm supposed to be the one that can do this or, or they will see me as they will see me as less than because I'm not being superwoman. And I think that is um, just like unnecessary stress that women put on themselves. Mm. Um, I can also speak to, again, like I said, last time I was in corporate was, you know, quite a while ago, but, and I worked in, you know, IT with all males. So, you know, my perspective is a little skewed. Um, but when I did, you know, speak up and, you know, say things like, you know, I need to spend more time with my kids or, you know, something going on with my kids, you know, I did get snide comments, but at the same time, um, my job really wasn't in jeopardy. Mm. And, um, you know, I had to stop and center myself before I spoke up because there was a lot of projection coming up from my side, you know, mm. and, um, and I, I can't remember what happened, but I think one of the, the project manager's wife got pregnant and he, um, oh, no, 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 uh, she got sick and the kid got sick. And so he ended up having to take off, right? And be mom and dad, right? And so, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, it's okay, John, just, you know, go and do all the stuff, you know? And I was like, okay. So like John can take care of his wife and his sick kid, but for some reason, Cordelia cannot, mm -hmm. you know? and. Um, you know, I, I guess ultimately what I'm saying is just like women will not apply for jobs because they don't meet 100% of the criteria, they will not speak up for their mental health because they already assume that they're going to be um, uh, questioned or doubted. Mm -hmm. their, their performance will be doubted, you know, and, and I think that's something that that women really need to um you know to stop doing i've seen it in a different frame i don't see any gender i mean 
I, I know that, you know, the, the stereotype is that men don't want to talk about stuff, but I never really saw that. And, and I see where you're coming from because it depends on, you know, the individual and, and it is very personal to, you know, what you believe in and, you know, you might have a family and you might feel like you've got the weight of that. And, you know, how could I possibly share that? I can't look after my family and I need to take time out. So I totally get that. But I just saw in all of the roles I had in the 20 years, people would both male and female would approach me and, and tell me when they felt safe. That's the only time. But uh, they feel safe. They would then come and say, yeah. yeah. And when they didn't feel safe, me being, you know, an experienced leader, it took me a while to, you know, really tune in. You have to be really attentive and be curious about your team and really listen. I would notice people were suffering, but then it takes, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, it, it does take some experience. You need to be a good coach. You need to approach it in the right way. Because, you know, if you just go up to someone and say, I don't know what's going on, but something's wrong with you, you know, and, and start poking at them. It's the last thing they want if they're suffering, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to approach it by, in the right way and, and really get to know your people. And I can honestly say that when, when people, I could see that they weren't really comfortable, I would not walk on eggshells because I don't think that helps either, but I would really reflect on it. So I wouldn't just jump in because I would always, you know, like anyone, I always felt like a proud father with, with the people you were managing. You know, I see that role as, look, look at them, they're like my children, you know. So sometimes you want to jump in like a parent and that might not be the best approach. Mm. But to be honest, I'd still rather do that any day of the week than just ignore it because that's too difficult. Oh, I don't want to talk about mental health because then what if they talk about this or what can I do? And the thing is, I, I just always used to understand how to pick my battles. So if I, I didn't want to talk about something I wasn't trained in, and if, it, and if it got past a certain level of my experience or my understanding, then I would point them to, for example, employee support line or whatever it required, you know, suggest that they should go to the GP or whatever it was, right? Mm. But for me, it was always better to be curious and check in with people. And at least if you're doing that, the person knows when it's their time, if that makes sense. So for people listening, it's if you're a leader, if you've got duty of care, or you're just in a team, or you just be, want to be a good colleague, it's just putting your ear to the ground. You know, are people acting a bit differently? You know, are they are they not the usual self? You know, depending on what whatever that is, because I don't want to give anything to that because everyone's totally different you know some people are life and soul and suddenly they become quiet some people are always quiet and reflective and start being erratic it can be a myriad of different behaviors that you could see right but obviously that for me the call to action was they're, they're different than they normally are something's off but i don't want to make any assumptions so let's observe it let's get curious and just subtly check in like i normally would but not trying to fix the problem if that makes sense because when I tried to fix stuff, I did about you two. I, that's when I would usually put my foot in it, right? And and yeah. I think this is uh, Cordelia. Go on. You were you were you gonna say something? No, the only thing I was gonna ask now was like, have you noticed any resources being like more resources being available to leaders and organizations now that we've had lockdown and mm. like you don't have a choice but to talk about <clears throat> mental health? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean. What I've seen from... And I was directing that at Mira. No, ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't see I'm where getting, you're I'm getting some proper heat tonight. I can tell. <laughs> no, that's fine. The, uh, I don't know. I think there, there, there are, um, there are things like there is, there is, I don't know, these 
coaching programs and therapy support at work and all of that. But my, and, and it's great, but my fear in regards to that is that it's, again, something that we don't want to deal with. There's mental health of people that we work with. Like, look, you work with these people eight hours a day, five or six days a week. It's not something that you can brush under the carpet. I mean, it affects absolutely everything. It affects everybody else around us. And so, but I think that, that mental health uh, is still such stigma. It's not something normal to talk about. Like, you know, I broke my leg. Fine, you know, it will heal. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, that I think it's still still such a bad, big stigma that we are trying to figure out all these resources, all these ways, just so we wouldn't listen and talk about it. And there's so many apps, there is, okay, fine, you know, there is uh, meditation apps, it helps for me to, you know, if I want to meditate quickly or get, get calmer or, you know, if it makes sense to do it. But that's not, it's not solving a problem. Mm. The problem is the environments that we have created. If we don't listen to people, if we don't normalize being human, these environments will never become safe. As I said, you know, when I felt safe, I could go and say things and I could get help and still do a great job and be grateful for, to being in such an environment where I can be myself. Uh, with all my feelings at that moment. But if I don't feel safe um, and I need to be fixed and it's not normal to, to feel different things, then obviously things will go wrong. And, and I think that's, you know, and if we don't want to talk about it, it means that we are not safe. I don't know. That's how it looks mm. to me. Yeah. Adelia, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm hearing you say is it's about the human compassion element. And that without the human compassion, there's no safe container and people can't reveal themselves. And um, but but the that safe container has to be created by by the leaders, by the management. Mm. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, what Peter is often pointing at when he talks about psychological safe. And the reason that that he's members of his team could always come to him and talk about stuff is, is because they felt comfortable. They felt safe to talk about some stuff and they knew that they won't be judged, criticized, criticized or behaved around. And I think that's a big thing is that, you know, people start behaving around you in a strange way because you are sad, because you're dealing with some anxiety because something happened and, and you're going through a period of light when it's, when it's not easy, you know, but there's nothing wrong with it. I think we just have, all of us have difficulty dealing with our feelings. And that's why we are then uncomfortable around people that go through difficult situations because we're not comfortable with that, isn't it? What do you think? Well, you Peter. want me to talk now? <laughs> No, I'm joking, by the way. No, um, <laughs> no I'm just reflecting because I, I like where you've both taken it because the tools are great and, and there's nothing wrong with a company investing in proper health employee support line, 
somewhere where people can go and get resources. You know, I, I don't know about America, Cordelia, but I know in Europe and especially the UK, they're really push rolling out mental first aid, which is a good thing because it means that oh, yeah. they're given all of the leaders and hopefully not just leaders, some employees at different levels as well, the right kind of awareness. So when something's off, they can spot it, but not to, again, not to be fixing it, it you know, just to understand what it looks like when a person might be not feeling, you know, well that day or, you know, the suffering inside. So it's more of a an awareness piece and okay, if something happens, we're clear on what can be done without freaking out that person even more and adding more fuel to the fire kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I see organizations, same with the DEI stuff, right, that we're, we're always talking about is that it's innocent. You know, we want to make sure everyone's safe and supported and has good mental health. And what makes sense to us is just to buy all of these shiny things off the shelf. But what you were pointing to, Mira, you're dead right, that in all the organizations they work for, they were trying for sure. They weren't bad companies, but they weren't listening to people. And I think that's the thing. If you don't train leaders to listen, you don't have normalizing conversations about everything. You know, Black Lives Matter, mental health, whatever it is that's going on in outside of the workplace, it should be able to, you know, there should be a safe environment where leaders facilitate those conversations to happen. And that includes normalizing when someone doesn't feel right. Because everyone I've ever met, and I don't know about you two, but everyone's had some kind of challenges with their mental health you know, at some stage in the life and some more than others, right? So if that's the case, then I'd hazard a guess that every employee requires that kind of support in some shape or form, right? So what I'm pointing at is it, the more that leaders are just aware of that and they're okay to hold that space and talk about things when they come up and just be okay when they get nervous as well and they don't know what to do and they know where to go to and what resources they have within the company and you know for me i'm an advocate of company shiny tools aside i was always trying to help you know build the network internally and that's what saved me you know i always had go-to peers not necessarily even people at my level sometimes it was just really cool employee that seemed you know really switched on and i would sometimes bounce ideas off and say i'm not feeling this what's you know what's the pulse of the office right now are people feeling okay and, and it's stuff like that that just makes it a normal conversation and i'm not normalizing when people feel bad far from it i'm just saying that it's okay to talk about this stuff when people feel safe right and that's what you were talking about mm -hmm. you know if you feel safe then you you're probably more likely to put it on the table knowing that you know people in your team won't judge you and they're just curious and they genuinely want to help that's a different place to be right i'm hearing like two things really like um like promoting that culture of i guess we already said this right normalizing human behavior and so it doesn't even have to be the second thing I'm hearing is doesn't even have to be so top notch, like listening circles or something like mm. this. You know, it can just be um, encouraging um, a culture where you have like a buddy, you know, mm. um, and that doesn't even have to go through your department head or anything. It's just, you know, you know, connect with someone. In, in the organization so that you can have someone to bounce 
off your ideas or hard feelings or you know soft feelings whatever's happening for you and and you feel safe you know someone uh, I guess you know I one of the law firms I worked at the partner was telling me he was like it's really important to have a constituency and that's really what I'm hearing you say you know it's just you know building um just uh, a place where you know you have a group of people that have got your back mm -hmm. and um and even they can speak up for you when you can't speak you know mm -hmm. um they they'll know you and be able to detect you know oh you know um like they'll understand mirror's energy is off and then they'll know what that means and they can you know make people aware of things mm -hmm. um and so we don't have to make mental health, um, we don't have to stigmatize it anymore. Mm -hmm. We can just see it for what it is, just like, you know, sometimes, you know, your muscles may be weak mm -hmm. and, you know, you can't sit up straight or whatever. So it happens with our, with our minds as well. And that doesn't mean that we're deficient employees or deficient humans. It just need, means that, you know, like Peter said earlier, we need uh, more self-care. So it could even be something simple like, you know, implementing a culture where, you know, we have a, a self-care Wednesday or whatever, and people will know, right? Instead of it being hump day, <laughs> right? That's a whole different culture, right? Yeah. A little bit toxic. But, you know, you could have like a self-care Wednesday. So, you know, if you are aware that everyone's productivity or whatever organizational sign you see, you know, goes down on a certain day, that will be the day that you implement, you know, we have an infrastructure of uplifting people, mm. um, their, their mental wellness. So I like that. It's, it's really interesting you say that because... Uh, and it's great. This uh, and it's you know what's really interesting to me when when you start listening to people, when you put people in in a, in a room, say a team, and then you get them reflective and all of that, and then they will start coming up with the ideas of what they could do to help themselves. And and it's usually, but what we do, or we do a survey. I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. It's I I I just generally think that we didn't think of different ways of doing things. It's just somebody came. Okay, this is what we do. Okay, this is what we do. You know, but there's easier and more effective ways of doing things. And um, I mean, I remember working with this group of of general managers that they had. I mean, they, they had really toxic environment. The meetings were horrible. They were not getting anything done, and so. You know, I got in and I was like, what am I going to do with them? And but it's interesting at the moment they started being reflective through our conversations, they were really, you know, basic. Uh, they started coming up with the ideas of how can they work better? Oh, and one of the ideas was, oh, but we should get together like with families and stuff one day and uh, do play some games and not do work. And, and it was interesting that the productivity and, and the ideas and stuff about work became much, uh, it became more efficient. I wouldn't call it efficient in terms of, you know, speed and stuff, but there was more clarity. There was the, the decisions were much better. Uh, there was much, much less mistakes. And so 
and and I think this is what we kind of do wrong. We do a survey, and then and then we get some results, and then we we put in some you know random stuff in instead of actually asking people and going okay on Wednesdays we are not feeling it. Uh, let's do something else because chances are they actually won't be productive no matter how hard they worked. They will just be adding stress to it. Mm-hmm. Does not that make sense? And you know what? Yeah, I mean, it's good to do this stuff because productivity doesn't equal slamming the hours, right? And that's the thing. I see companies, interestingly, having you know spent quite a bit, quite a good investment on tooling for mental health and support lines and all that. But then they have a culture of smashing the work hours and no one goes home early. And I'm like, what's all that about? And again, it can be innocent, you know, people, again, it's a lack of awareness in many cases. But when you start having these conversations, it all boils back to leaders, right? I mean, I'd love to see it with everyone, but let's start with the leaders, right? To say, you know, if you want people to have great mental health and to take more ownership about recharging the batteries and coming in and being their best self, then it doesn't make sense to smash hours, you know, and pressurize people to stay late. And if you've got that culture of where, you know, you can't go home and you really want to be with your kids or go and do your hobby or whatever self-care makes sense to you, then you are going to come in and you're not going to be in a great space. And then if that trust isn't there, then there's no, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure. And, and many organizations are worked in, it wasn't like I see managers going around saying, you know, you can't go home. But because the managers were there, they were like, why is everyone staying there? And it's like, well, because- And I have to yeah, say, yeah. It's like, because you're there as well. If you were to go home early and say, look, I'm tired today. I think you've all done a great job. Well done. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, do the same. I guarantee there'll be a collective sigh of relief. And I've seen that happen in, you know, in a positive way as well. And then literally as soon as the leader's gone, they're all like, I'm definitely going to go. If, if, if the boss is gone, then, and, and he said, it's cool and everyone's happy and we've done a good job this week. Why would I stay here? You know, and you hear these shocking cultures and look so at So you're saying to like model behavior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but we all model behavior, both positive and negative. And I'm saying that leaders need to be aware that whatever they do, like or not, people will look up to them. Or even if they're not looking up to you, they will model, as you said, Cordelia, they will do exactly what the leader does, right? Mm. So if the leader checks in and, again, is an advocate for saying, you know what, I'm not feeling it this week, but I'm here, I've got your back, but I need to recharge my battery, so I'm going to go home early. That's really powerful leadership. Because what you're saying is that, you know, it's okay to go and recharge your batteries and come back, you know, fully recharged, and then you can do a better job. And it doesn't, that's the thing, there's a whole mismatch around productivity, right? But we won't go into that. That's a different topic, you know? (laughs) But I I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks that because we have such strong, the the environments with so much pressure in general, I mean, look look at school. You know how much pressure is in school, and we just we just continue doing that through our life, and there is no moment where we can actually stop and reflect and think. You know what would I like to do, and how would I like to do it, and all of that. Mm. I think it just became so normal to be under so much pressure, and this is where, when you know, same like your body. You know when you're when you're slamming it and not resting it, and 
you know, it will start giving up and go, you know, it's an alarm, you know, take care of me, take care of me. And, and we don't, we just push more and push more. And so, I don't know, that gets me to a question. What do you think is the best, I wouldn't say a tool, but, but something that we can do for ourselves uh, that will help us just be in a better mental health more of the time? Well, you know, it may sound contrite, but just, you know, the way you start your day. And uh, one thing that I encourage my clients to do is to just, when that thought of I of the to-do to do list comes to mind, replace it with, okay, um, what opportunities for joy will I create today, mm. right? And I know like most people are like on a Saturday. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about that. No, we're going to think about that on Monday now yeah. and Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, <laughs> because, um, your life should be pleasurable. Your life should be a joy, you know? Um, and even a job that you dislike, right. Or that you have to go to, to pay the bills. There's, there's gotta be some pleasure in that you know, and just reframing from that perspective. And if, if that's hard for you, the next thing is I would recommend an allow list. Mm -hmm. What can I allow myself to do today? Right? Not what do I have to do, but what will I allow myself to do? What do I get to do? Mm -hmm. Right? That may be a lot easier for some people to take on. So mm -hmm. what do you think about that, Peter? I love that because, yeah, I totally resonate with that because it, it took me years, decades early to realize that uh, you have to enjoy even the most challenging role. And we've all had them, right? But as soon as I looked at it from that lens of, well, I'm going to be here for more time than I spend with my loved ones and my family. So I've got to get some positives out of it. And then when you look at, you know, what do I enjoy about the role? Because I, I'll challenge anyone listening, right? Even the most challenging jobs where, okay, you might not be there in the future, but right now, while you're still there until you find something that's more nourishing for you, what can you do? As you say, that's really powerful, Cordelia. So thank you for sharing it. The only other thing for me is what we shared in a workshop earlier with a load of coaches was, um, and we've seen this in a different frame for us because we weren't doing it, if I'm honest, so often is time management versus energy management. And this is so powerful. So I used to think I was the best time manager ever, right? Super efficient, multiple to-do lists, blah, blah, ticking this, ticking that. But then, as you say, Cody, I wasn't really enjoying it and it wasn't really meaningful. I wasn't nourishing myself. I was just like, well, ticked off the test, but it, it never really filled me up. I was still empty. And I'd done all of this work and got all really busy. And okay, you could have said I tick some efficiency box in the job I was in. But is that really what we all are? You know, we're humans as well. So if we, like you say, if we manage our energy in parallel with doing the, you know, the time management, because let's be honest, we're still on the clock if you're in the wrong mm -hmm. and you'll have blocks and meetings and that. But my challenge would be people, you know, can you not throughout the day put some blocks in that calendar that's, you know, the self-care bit. So I'm going to check in. How am I feeling? Why am I feeling the way I am? 
And what would I like to take into the next meeting? Or especially super crucially, if you're working with a group, you know, the last thing I ever wanted as a leader was to bring that horrible toxic energy into whatever I was doing. I'd rather, you know, facilitate that meeting or be the best person I can of service to my team. So when I started to check in and put the brakes on and go, okay, why am I in a bit of a freaky mood right now? What could I do? And it was like, right, go out, go outside, you know, get some fresh air. Just even if it wasn't next to trees and nature, which I used to work in a business, uh, what do you call them? You know, in these areas. Where I know a concrete jungle. That's yeah, what we call them yeah. here. <laughs> I don't know what, the, anyway. But, I, I know that place. <laughs> yeah. But even stepping outside of that stuffy office, used to, used to do the trick, you know, just... Ah, okay. Different even even doing a loop of the block, I would come yes. back a different human being, right? And I'd go in, I'd be like, back in the room. Hi, hi everyone. You know, and I'd be excited. It's like an energy refresh or yeah. recharge, right? And I know it sounds really obvious to people listening, but I didn't do that as much as I would like in my career. And, and that's it. I'm not one for like, oh, I have any regrets. But if I had to go and work in that environment again, I would definitely check in more about, I mean, we do it now and not, you know, when we work, right? We do it with clients. You know, I look at time as so precious that I'm like, okay, what kind of energy will I want to bring into that time during the day? And it, and that is transformational. I know it has been for us at least, no? Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting to me, just something that just crossed my mind. You know, when you have a, a team, a sports team, any kind of sports team, and you have a trainer uh, and, and, and say a captain or a leader of a team, say trainer would be uh, a manager in a company and, and the team lead would be uh, the captain of a team. What you want when the team, if you want to get somewhere with this team, if you want to perform, if you want results, you want them, all of the, the members of a team, to operate optimally so that they're emotional, that they can focus, that there is no distractions. You want them physically and mentally ready for a task at hand. And so what they do is they have regular check-ins, they have physios, they have therapists, they have coaches, they have, you know, and so and and so they're really and this guy is guy or a girl they're really taking care of that everybody's having enough rest that everybody's having uh, in good food that everybody's feeling well how is your situation at home and all of that they're really taking care of them because they know that the results are going to come when the theme is working in optimally in in you know it, it's in really good mental and physical state but what we do in companies we go okay this is where we need to get go and get there and we are going to put so much pressure on you to get there and it's not really happening and i think what we really need to understand is that we need to be able to measure the levels of pressure you're putting we are putting on ourselves and because we are putting them on ourselves, we are putting that on other people as well. So that's, I think the self-awareness uh, then brings up the awareness of what we are doing to other people. Like for, <laughs> like just Peter and I, because we work together, 
I realize that when I'm pressuring or putting pressure on myself onto something, that I'm doing the, exactly the same thing to him. And so the better I become dealing with my pressure, the better the, better the communication uh, and the pressure is on the, the, the less pressure is on the other people. So where am I really going with this? I think as leaders in companies and as companies that are doing trainings and workshops and stuff for leaders is that we really need to uh, take care of the emotional states, teach them how to take care of, of themselves uh, and a bit more self-compassion and self-love in order for that to spread on everybody else. It Again, goes, modeling, no? No, it goes back to what we were saying earlier in the conversation, psychological safety. You, If you're the leader, you need to feel safe yourself and trust your own ability and then... Because otherwise, how can you really impact others to feel that same, right? So what you're saying is that the more aware we are of our own state and if we're off, and the less we bring that into that, the mm. more trusting and safe environment we will create mm. by being our best person, right? And, mm. and, and that's just as we've pointed to, you know, doing all of the wonderful things that we tend to negate or miss because we all get too busy, yeah? I love it. Yeah. So I guess in summary, you know, vocabulary is driving the train here, you know, mm. the, that drives our, so on a individual level, we need to, um, approach our day from, a, a place of self-care with the, I get to enjoy. And, you know, from the, uh, and bring that energy into the workplace and from a leadership perspective, the same thing, create an energetic environment where, and an environment where you are sensitive to the energy of the staff as a, as a whole, so that you can implement, uh, you know, structure where you're allowing for people to have space and time mm. um, to increase their energy, vibrate higher, and, um, you know, just have a, a listening um, and a very, you know, uh, psychologically safe environment. Mm -hmm. So that will actually drive the, um, the, I guess that that's what will lead to taking the stigma out of, um, what am I trying to say? Mental health. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, the, the label. And because I, I, I think that the whole the whole misunderstanding is, is there that, you know, when somebody is mentally unwell or, or stressed out or something is that they, you know, we add stuff to it. It means that they're not productive. It means that they will make mistakes. It means that they will not show up show up it means that this it means that but actually none of that is uh, is true i mean it happens in some situations but it happens in situations where people are not feeling safe it doesn't it, when, when there is no environment that contains them does that make sense well, it makes sense yeah. but yeah I, I just hope that for people listening that that's been useful because Sometimes it all sounds a bit too simple, right? You're like, yeah, but try being in my place. But we all have, right? I mean, we've all had experience of being in toxic environments and jobs that weren't really well suited. I mean, I can think of one while we were talking that uh, I'll never forget it as a leader, being told by another leader who should have had more 
duty of care over me to check in to see if it's okay. Oh, you're too emotional, Peter. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I and I was just like, wow, that's a such a rubbish example of, you know, helping someone, an employee's mental health. I mean, it didn't affect me, luckily. I was just like, what? You know, it just got me curious. What, what makes sense for someone to say that? And it made me actually feel more compassionate for that person. Although in the moment I was like, yeah, go away, <laughs> you know, but that's it. I think just to conclude that um, it really is about checking in and you can be selfish for people listening because that's the only thing I would say is that I, I wish I'd been more selfish about checking in and putting the brakes on them, all of the things that we pointed to, because then that's the only way you're going to actually be productive and do your best work, you know? There's no other way around that, you know. Yeah, and and by the way, Peter, language. Let's mm. let's use selfing instead mm. of selfish. Mm. You know, mm. how does that feel? Yeah, oh, it I like feels that. very different. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. wow, I'm I'm so like grateful for our conversations and for you know, just uh, the topics that we're able to share and help people to unlearn labels. So, for those of you who are viewing and listening. Um, I hope that you've gained a different perspective on mental health and you take that on, you know, individually and you bring that energy into your organizations. Thank you for listening. As you can see, unlearning labels is about talking the walk of I see you, I hear you and I value you. Join us live every last Wednesday of the month for the recording of each episode and continue the conversation with us on Clubhouse every Thursday at 2 p.m. EST, 8 p.m. CET. If you would like us to help you address any of the topics we explore during the show, such as diversity and inclusion, cultural change, leadership development, or one-to-one -one executive coaching, please contact us via www.unlearninglabels.com or reach out to us via LinkedIn.